Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick, and we're welcome to have Johnny Maffey on the podcast as our newest co-host. Johnny, how are you doing today? Welcome to episode one. Thank you, and thanks to everyone for tuning in, whether you're watching or listening. Really excited we're back. We're just 16 days away from opening day in the Futures League, and this is our opening day episode, if you will. Yeah, it's our own little opening day here. Our first guest, a really exciting one, it's Nick Garino of the Nashua Silver Knights. He helped them win the 2020 Futures League Championship and was critical in their Game 2 win to force Game 3. Really excited to have Nick on this podcast. Yeah, it was a great interview, like you said, with Nashua Silver Knights pitcher Nick Garino. Garino just finished up his season at Clark University, and now he's ready to help the Silver Knights defend their Futures League title. Yeah, Nashua looking to stay on top and the other seven teams looking to get on top 16 days away from opening day, but this is our opening day. And without further ado, we present our episode with Nick Garino. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest who last summer was a member of the all SCBL first team and was a crucial part of the 2020 Futures League Championship. It's Nick Garino of the Nashua Silver Knights. Nick, how are you doing today? Welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me. Honored to be on. Doing pretty well. Just finished up the semester. Season just ended, so we're getting ready up to uh, for basketball Nashville. Yeah, we're really excited to get started. And before we get into this season, let's start with last season. You guys won the 2020 championship. What was it like to be in that dog pile and hold the trophy at the end of the year? It was electric. I mean, just with the whole situation with COVID and everything, FCBL giving us the opportunity to play. Got to thank the commissioner and the whole. Uh, the whole league really to cooperate and giving us the opportunity to get up there and play these games. So I know just, it was kind of more of a championship. It was more of like a sense of like normalcy for us, you know, just to be able to celebrate and, you know, have that like one normal like day where it's like, okay, we actually did something like in this crazy world right now. Yeah. It's crazy. Some of the things we take for granted. So in that championship series in game two, you were shoving six innings pitch, just one run, one walk, a few strikeouts, how to feel the pitch as well as you did in game two to force that game three. Yeah. I mean, that was, I knew, obviously we know what has to happen there. I mean, we're down one, nothing backs against the wall. They're a good team. Like, you know, their whole pitching staff was good. We knew what their deal was, but it was great just getting out there and just being able to pitch in that situation. KJAX had confidence in me to give me that ball game too. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and then I have a whole family there, as most of you guys know, um, that big crowd in the uh, suite up top. So, Kind of a lot of pressure there. Just really didn't want to get shelled. But thank God we put up, I think it was five in the first. So that was good to have the run supporter early. Got to ask about that fan base. The Nashua Suite, I'm in the press box. They were rocking the entire stadium. What was it like having your friends, family, and teammates there to support you during that game? Uh, it was great. I mean, like I said in the post game when I was asked about it, it's just that's how my family is. That's how we roll. It's a big support crew. They've been with me for the last however many years now at baseball. And to have my teammates from Clark up there, too, and then a bunch of distant relatives, too, coming. That was really good. I think we had, like, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. It was it was a good scene. It was it was nice to have. Whether I won or lost, it was just nice to have them there in my corner. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to see them around the stadium this summer as well, I'm sure. And you were one of the remarkable stories of that Silver Knights team last season, whether it was the dominance of Dominic Keegan or the last-minute addition of Kyle Bouchard. What was the chemistry like in that locker room? It was just a great group of guys honestly I think from day one we kind of just hit it off you get that little awkward period where like you don't really know everybody and you kind of got to try to get into like the swing of things with a couple of guys so I showed up the day that like of report a lot of guys were already up there beforehand um getting swings and whatever they're doing on the field so 
for me, it was just getting used to everybody for the first week or so. I actually got hurt the first week, so I missed the first set of games. And then once we got back in the swing, I think we just, everyone just jailed. I mean, it was like we played together for a long time. I mean, I felt like we were very comfortable with each other. I mean, we had a lot of fun this summer. So, I mean, that was probably the big thing with us for our success was just being able to gel together. And whatever happened, we knew what we were about. and We knew how good we were playing together. So I think that was a big part in us having the success we did. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it looked like you guys gelled the way you, the way you celebrated in, uh, in last August. So kind of moving on to this summer, how'd you get in touch with Nashua about returning to the Silver Knights? As soon as the championship series ended, Cam was like, you're back. If you have eligibility, <laughs> like you're back. And I was like, absolutely. Could not turn it down. I signed the contract, I think, like the next day, maybe like a couple of weeks later, whatever it was. But it was real quick. I mean, it was no doubt. Or I was, it was a lot of fun being up there. I mean, especially with COVID. I'm pumped to see if we're up there at full capacity this year with maybe things getting settled back to normal a little bit. And I'm just, the atmosphere is probably just going to be even better. And there's a couple of returners coming back on the pitching staff. I don't know if there's any position guys coming back. I'm just pumped to get back up there and be with the guys again. So back to Owen's last question a little bit. You said GM Cam Cook got you right after the championship. He got you back. What was it like with not just the chemistry of your teammates, but, you know, the front office, Coach Jackson, Katie Arend, all those people? Yeah, they're great. I mean, especially Coach Ramos, he was there for me a lot this summer, just, you know, just working on some stuff, breaking ball-wise, and, you know, just keeping me comfortable. Cam and Katie were exceptional just with the whole con- like communication aspect of it. I mean, I text Katie now just to, like, whatever, about the season, about stuff coming up, about whatever they're doing with, like, the Nashville for the summer. So, I mean, it's just – it's pretty close. So I talked to Cam a couple weeks ago. They are just, like, so – it's so, like, relaxed atmosphere guys feel really comfortable going in there, especially if you're like uncomfortable situation, just coming up there. And then K-Jax is just, K-Jax is a guy. Manager wise, I mean, he just lets you go out there and roll it out and do what you do. He doesn't really say much throughout the games, but I mean, that's pretty much how you have to be, I think. And that was really, I think that's made us more comfortable. So, I mean, just the whole front office, even the credence, I mean, they're great people. Everyone up there is just great people. And that was kind of a big factor for me going back there. So is all this stuff going through your mind getting closer to opening day? We're only a few weeks away. What are you What are you excited about? Yeah, I'm pumped. I just want to get back up there and play. I was kind of taking it light this spring with Clark with some arm stuff, but I feel like I'm back to normal now. Just pitched last week against Babson, so I mean, full start, whatever. But I'm pumped to get back up there. I mean, the ring ceremony is the first home opener, I think. So I think it's the second game of the year against Worcester, I believe. So that'll be fun to get up there and just, you know, be with the people again, be with the guys. Yeah, we're excited to be out there. We will definitely have coverage of that ring ceremony on Thursday, the 27th, when Nashua hosts its home opener. And you mentioned it, you're one of the returning guys. So how do you plan to use your experience from last summer to be a leader in the clubhouse and kind of gel the new guys into the Futures League? Yeah, I mean, so I'm pretty sure there's a lot of young guys on our roster this year, just from looking at it. Being kind of what the older guys were, I mean, I was an older guy last summer too, but I never really played in a competitive league like this before. So just kind of, you know, making sure that guys are comfortable and having fun. I think that was a big thing for us last year, just being sure that we were able to go out there and just play our game and not really stress too much about it. I mean, it is summer ball. Everyone wants to win, but like end of the day, let's make sure we're having fun. Yeah, it sure looked like you guys had fun, especially right at the end there in that championship series. And from the FCBL to your college ball, obviously with COVID, everything was delayed and you never knew when you were playing, especially in your conference this year. So what was it like to finally be back on the mound in a Clark uniform this spring? Yeah, so it was tough. All winter, it was a lot of pessimism about whether we were going to play or not just with the whole new Mac conference or just Clark in general, um, what their decision was going to be. It was a lot of back and forth for the most part throughout the winter. It was that we're probably not going to play. 
And then kind of last minute, there was a decision made where it's like, okay, numbers are looking a little bit better. Um, we could probably get out there and play. Then it was how many games are we going to play? What's it going to look like? Um, is it going to be a conference tournament? So, I mean, just getting back out there, I think the first game was late March, early April. But just being able to get back out there and pitch a little bit. Like I said, I was kind of out for the first, uh, like the middle of the season. So I pitched one start and then I kind of just took it easy for the rest of the starts and then just got back out there last weekend. I'm um, after ramping up a little bit more. So, but I mean, it was fun to get back out there with the guys. A lot of fifth years and a lot of seniors this year. So it was good to get out there one more time with them and just compete. You found out pretty late. It was early March and your first game was mid to late March. Uh, for those people that don't know, the new Mac is uh, the new England women's and men's athletic conference. And they played a double header once a week as a pitcher. That's kind of normal. I know you're hurt a little bit, but what was it like for your whole team playing a football schedule, if you will? Yeah, no, I mean, it was tough, especially we had, like two or three weeks where we were canceled because of TMP tests. So those are like tests that don't process whether that's a lab problem or like a cart problem. So we had a couple of weeks where like we are basically on a bye week for two weeks in a row. And it's like, or we, we go into a week playing Wheaton and then we end up playing someone else or like whatever the situation could be. So we didn't really know. And you didn't find those out till Friday. So we're going the whole week following protocol. Again, our test done three times a week, doing our forms, making sure we're socially distanced on campus, off campus. And then Friday comes around at five o'clock and it's like, okay, you guys are canned this weekend. See you next Saturday. So it was tough. It was really tough. Before we return to our interview with Nick Carino, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know that practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website, 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning this Back to the Futures podcast, you'll receive a 10% off discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. We now return to our interview with Nick Garino. On May 1st, you faced number 10 Babson through five strong, one run, a few Ks. What was it like facing a team that dominant and ending your season, your college season on a strong note? Yeah, so like I said, I was you know kind of just taking in light, coming out of the bullpen towards the middle of the season, kind of just working up to this weekend, knowing it was going to be an important weekend for us in the standings-wise. Like I said, I've been pitching against Babson for four years now. I mean, I faced him as a freshman. Nothing really different, just going out there and just pitching the same game I always do. Hopefully, it turns out pretty well, and it did. Yeah, with COVID and everything that's happened with your injuries and stuff like that, it's been tough to kind of ramp it back up. That, that was great to see that you had a great performance against the top 10 team in the country in division three last week. But one thing that did go well was your 2019 campaign. You appeared in eight games. You had a three Oh five ERA, two complete games, one in which you had 10 strikeouts. How did you feel coming out of that season? I felt really good. That was probably my best season I had in college and maybe even high school, just being able to pitch. Cal Slufko was in front of me that year. So I had some help being with him, picking his brain a little bit. So that was a good time. I also believe Bonnicky was still on our staff then, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was his last year as a grad assistant. 
So just having those two guys with me for the first two years of college kind of put me in a position to where I can, you know, just pick their brains and kind of get a feel for the game as a pitcher. And those guys definitely helped me develop a little bit more into what I am now than what I was when I first walked in as a freshman. So what has been either on or off the field your favorite part of Clark so far? I think just the connections you make and the people you meet. Clark's a very diverse school. I mean, I have friends from Europe to South Africa to California. So, I mean, even off the team, we have just like the school is just so diverse in the way that people you meet and the stories you hear. That's definitely my favorite part about it, I think. Just being able to meet all those people, getting those different perspectives. That's been pretty cool the last four years. And on the field, just being with the guys, I think we got really close over the last four years. And there's definitely going to be people that will be at my wedding in however many years and vice versa with them. So they're definitely lifelong friends. Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. And we've asked everyone that we've had on this podcast who plays in Division Three this question, how much pride do you take in being a pitcher and playing in Division Three baseball? Yeah, I mean, I take a lot of pride in it. I don't see a difference between D3, D2, D1. I mean, like you guys see in the Futures League a lot, the D3 guys come up big. I mean, look at Booch picked off the streets like two weeks before the season playoff started and he comes in and ends up being MVP of the final series. So I think that's the difference with us. It's just, we're hungry. We want it. Not saying those guys don't, but we have to, we don't get the gear. We don't get the scholarships. We don't get any of that stuff. So we really want to play. And I just think that when it comes to D3, like that's, there's just more on our plate, I think, like in terms of like schooling and athletics and the balance of it all. And I think that just playing D3 is really Gave us gave me a better opportunity to further my baseball career. So you're from Connecticut. You went to East Haven High School. You played basketball and baseball there. What was it like being a two sport athlete? And how did your experience with basketball help you on the baseball line? Do you think? Well, basketball definitely kept me in shape. The running we did was ridiculous sometimes. But I think just playing the dual sport was just a lot of fun. More more so because it just kept me in shape throughout the season, getting more athletic. So I mean, rather than just kind of sitting around for three months doing whatever for baseball. It kind of gave me more of like a different kick into like a different gear um, with basketball. It's a lot more running, a lot more conditioning, like I just said. So I think that just being able to play both sports rather than one kind of kept me on focus more so throughout the whole year rather than having like a three-month layover waiting for baseball to start. And I got to ask, what were those hoop stats like? What was your specialty in high school on the court? I'm, I'm short, so and I'm, I can't. I don't have a right hand. I'm a lefty, so I was always in the like the left wing, just shooting threes. That's basically what I did. Other than that, I had a couple of games where I would go off. Other than that, it was quiet. <laughs> wasn't too good. Won't hype it up that much. Hey, everybody has those games. You got to respect those games. <laughs> and how about a message to fans as we're about two weeks away from opening day? Oh, first, just want to thank them for the support last year. They really made it a lot of fun, even with the restrictions and everything just still showing out and supporting us every single day, even when we were kind of struggling in the beginning. Now this year, I'm pumped to get back up there. I hope the crowd has the same energy that they had last year, and hopefully we can get more fans in there and a little more interaction between the players and the fans. That'd be really cool. Yeah, with the vaccinations and the summer air coming in, hopefully we can squeeze more fans in the Holman Stadium and all stadiums around the Futures League. Before we return to our interview with Nick Garino, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and bring them in storage for you. When you want something back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. 
Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, dot com. We now return to our interview with Nick Garino. So we're now going to move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. So Nick, we're going to ask you a few more questions to have our audience get to know you better. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, let's roll. How about your favorite FCBL teammate? First FCBL teammate that comes to mind here is Griff Young. He plays in the new match for Wheaton. I think the first day up there, he, him and Sean Cormier were the first two guys I talked to just because we're all D3 and it kind of just like right off the rip is kind of a mix. And then the championship series, I think I bugged him out a couple of times. Just game three, I literally sat next to him the whole game, just stressing out about like the last two innings, like do fall pitch and just like the whole situation. So he's definitely my guy. Um, I'm pumped to have him back up there this year. And uh, we definitely talked throughout the year. I saw him a couple of weeks ago. He actually shoved against us the other day. So yeah, no, he's definitely my favorite teammate up there. No offense to anybody else. Yeah. We're really excited to see you two back on the Hill and, there's no offense here. Every, every, you got There's always one or two. Everybody can say as many as they want, but there's always one or two. And he was my locker teammate too. So he was right next to me in the locker room. Exactly. There it is right there. And then how about a favorite ballpark you've played in or one you've attended as a fan? I'm a Yankees fan, but I got to say Fenway was really nice. We went for Yankee Red Sox playoffs a couple of years ago and just the whole stadium setup is kind of sick. City Field's nice too. I like how you can go down to the bullpen. And kind of just like interact with the players. And then playing wise, Muzzy Field. It's like super old in Connecticut. Um, we played their senior year for states. And I think it's like 1900s old. So that stadium was sick just because the setup is still the same. It has like that old overhang where like you can see it kind of in the movie 42. It's kind of like the same setup with like the old thing in the background. And like the fans just sit right there. and There's no other seating around the field. Yeah, Muzzy Field in Bristol. Very nice stadium. Very old stadium, as yeah. you said. So how about a sports stadium or a sporting event that's on your bucket list? I got to go to an NBA finals and hopefully it's the New York Knicks. That will be the topping for my life if they win a championship. I'm actually going to the Yankee game tonight against the Astros. So that would be a lot of fun, but definitely NBA finals, New York Knicks at MSG need it. Yeah. I'm a big Celtic fan, but MSG is definitely an item on my bucket list. I don't know about the Knicks being in the finals, but (laughs) MSG is on the bucket list. How about walk-up music? Music you're blaring as you're doing warm-ups, getting ready for a game. Uh, my playlist differs as the time frame gets closer to, like, the game time. So I'll start off with, you know, just a little light. Maybe I'll play some EDM or something, kind of get me fired up, and then I'll make the switch over to, like, rap, hip-hop. So that's how it goes. It's the same routine every single game with my headphones in. doesn't change. I'm kind of a weirdo like that. But that's how I do it. And then I'll play a little, like, today's hits in the middle to kind of calm me down. But other than that, I'm very – diverse in my music choice that sounded like a bit of a superstition but we'll get there in a minute and you just mentioned you mentioned big league team in the yankees so how about a favorite big league player whether it's current or historical uh i'm a big a-rod guy i love a-rod he was just i just honestly just loved him when he came back from that whole pd thing and then i think it was ryan dempster who hit him and then next ab comes up and puts him out to center field that was just a whole that, was, that whole year was electric for him and then Didi Gregorius, but they got rid of him on the Yankees, so that kind of upset me a little bit. Currently, right now, on the Yankees, I love Stanton. That's that's my guy. Yeah, Stan's on a tear. I think right now he's on like a 66 home run pace over a full yeah. season. I saw something on Twitter like that. He, he's, he's hitting some bombs right now. Now to the next question. Do you have a baseball nickname other than 
your last name? Yeah, so my baseball nickname is Gumby, like the, the green guy. But it's not because of that. It's Well, I actually might have turned into that because as I kind of like grew up a little bit, I kind of got tall and lanky kind of like him. So, <laughs> um, But it started out with I was like seven or eight, and I had to get my three front teeth pulled out. And one day my dad's friend was just like Gumby because I had straight <laughs> gums, and it stuck. Even guys at Carp call me that now. So it's it definitely has stuck. That's funny. And how about you, you, you talked about your superstitions, go into that a little more. So, yeah, I like to kind of have the same routine every single, like I said, with that, I will go out, I'll do my like dynamic stretch. I'll do my foam roll, my bands, but as I'm doing, I have to have the same set of songs like in my ear. And that's basically, I like to have a nice breakfast for the games. Uh, my roommate gets me dipping donuts. That's the, I don't know if that's a whole mass thing. I'm from Connecticut, so I don't really know, but it's a sausage, egg and cheese on a croissant with a chocolate milk. Um, and then the last song I listen to before I go into the bullpen is uh, One Dance. And it's kind of like a superstitious thing since high school. Um, one of our high school teammates actually passed away our junior year. So that was like one of the last songs he had posted on one of his stories. So that's kind of like the last song I listen to before I go into a game. That's awesome. That's, that's a great story. So now moving to if you're a fan, when you go to the park, when you go to a game, what do you get at the concession stand? When I go to the Yankee game, the dev that big moots place now so it's like all types of fried moots and everything that's my spot i'll probably go there tonight but usually i like i like cracker jacks and peanuts usually the peanuts over the cracker jacks i like to eat the whole bag send us a pick for the podcast if you get the the fried moots i will i will (laughs) and bubblegum or sunflower seeds i'm a sunflower seeds guy um i think everyone starts out with like the original barbecue or like ranch but as i like got more into the flavors cracked peppers and dill pickle are the only two i'll eat Dill pickle, Crack that's pepper. the one, baby. <laughs> I like the, I like the flavor contrast with the cracked pepper and the dill pickle. Owen can speak to the seeds more than I can, but <laughs> yeah, I got I got dill pickle on my hold on, right here all day. <laughs> yeah, I I never tr- I never thought about combining the flavors. That's no, that's an interesting yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> and last question of the quick hit segment: What is your favorite all time baseball memory? Going to, I have a lot. Wow, going to the Yankee game. I, I think it was 2012 Yankees Orioles bottom nine me and my dad are walking out because like oh this game's over Riley Banias comes up pinch hit home run to tie it place goes bananas we get to like right around back of home plate we're like oh now we gotta stay it's tied ends up going to 12 he comes back up walk off bomb that was a good one uh I went to A-Rod's last game that was a lot of fun just watching that and witnessing that and then Nick's Celtics game two of the 2013 playoffs after KG and Mello got into it after game one. That was a lot of fun too. Yeah. That series lives very vividly in my mind and <laughs> at the back of it more. Right. It's the last time the Knicks were good. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some great baseball and you got to throw a basketball memory in there too. Always. Well, Nick, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. And we can't wait to see you and the silver Knights for opening day. Thanks guys. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Nick. Yes, sir. This has been season three, episode one of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.